I'm going to turn to the Old Testament first of all, and the book of Genesis. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, and the likeness of God created man, and the likeness of God made he him. Bless them, call their name Adam, in the day when they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness. And after his image, he called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he begat and said were 800 years, and he begat some of his daughters. All the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. And Seth lived 105 years and begat Enos. And Seth lived after he begat Enos 807 years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. And Enos lived 90 years, and begat Canaan. And Enos lived after he begat Canaan 815 years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enos were 905 years, and he died. Canaan lived 70 years, and begat Machiel. And Canaan lived after he begat Machiel. 840 years, and begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Canaan were 910 years, and he died. Machiel lived 660 years and five, and begat Jared, and Machiel lived after he begat Jared 830 years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Machiel were 895 years, and he died. Jared lived 162 years, and begat Enoch. Jared lived after he began Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 962 years and he died. And Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. And Methuselah lived. 187 years and begat Lamech. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech 782 years and begat sons and daughters. All the days of Methuselah were 969 years and he died. Lamech lived 100 years and 82 years and begat a son. He called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands, because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. And Lamech lived after he begat Noah five hundred ninety and five years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were seven hundred and seventy and seven years, and he died. I'm going to turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 6, and read a few verses there. And the reason I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seas, and I heard as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on had a bow, and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering unto conquer. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And I went out, another horse was red. And power was given to him that sat on to take peace from the earth, that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, 
and three measures of barley for a penny, and see that thy heart not the oil and the wine. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him, and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. The Bible is explicitly telling us about death. Death is a reality. It was instituted in Genesis chapter 3 and has been continuing right through to the last days in the book of Revelation. If these horsemen of the apocalypse were to come in 2022, the pale horse rider would be given the authority to take from the earth 200 million people. One quarter of the earth's population would be gone, gone in one deadly campaign of terror. It took approximately four minutes for me to read this scripture tonight. You probably thought it was longer. In that time, 480 people have died naturally and gone into eternity. That's 178,000 a day, 7,425 a minute, 64 million annually, every, every year. Many of those people will have closed their eyes in death only to open them again in a place that they never expected to be. Some years ago I noticed, and many of you have as well, in the headlines of the newspaper, when it read, Alex dies alone. It was a report on the snooker legend, Alex Hurricane Higgins. The two-time world champion ex-millionaire died penniless, living in a charity flat not far from the street where he was born in Sandy Road. He lived 61 years and he died and he lay for two days at home alone. Thousands attended his funeral to watch a horse-drawn carriage take his remains to Carmoni Cemetery. The paper actually said he feared death. The paper said that he had a mother who gave him a Bible that he still had. It didn't say if he read it. The paper also said he believed in God, but it never said anything about him trusting the Lord Jesus as his own saviour. The paper said a lot of great things about him in his life, but it didn't say where he went after death. Mm. Nevertheless, Alex went to another place. He once had millions of fans, yet he died a forsaken man. Another great sports person who you know from Belfast was George Best. Mm. And George was probably the first of the celebrity superstar footballers who spent too much time in the fasting. Alcohol abuse, partying, living for pleasure was the cause of George lying in the hospital bed. His life hanging in the balance, he asked his agent, Phil Hughes, to take his picture to be published in the newspaper alongside with his own words, which said, don't die like me. He was 59. George, according to a nurse, turned to God for forgiveness and asked the Lord Jesus Christ to save him. And he died five days later and went to another place. He died a full great man. There's a man in the scriptures in Luke's Gospel, in Luke chapter 16, a rich man who never acknowledged God. In fact, when we read it, we find that he had no time for God. He died 
and in eternity opened his eyes to find himself in another place. The Bible says, And in hell he opened up his eyes, being in torments. He had been clothed in purple and fine linen, fared sumptuously every day until the end came. This rich man died of the wine. There's another man in the Gospel, in Luke's Gospel, dying thief. We confess his sin, acknowledge Jesus Christ as his Lord Messiah with the words, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he was given a promise today, you will be with me in paradise. This dying thief opened his eyes in another place. And that other place was called paradise, where Jesus was waiting for. The thief died a forgiven man. Death is the king of terrors and the terror of kings. Death is no respecter of persons. Celebrities, rich men, thieves, old people, young people, kings, queens, presidents, dying in private clinics and other places, and paupers dying in skin row. The thing is, all die. And the Bible is very clear that it's appointed unto man once to die. But after this, the judgment. Well, how will you die? How will you die? I don't mean through terminal disease or a car accident. I mean, how will you die? Will you die forsaken? Happiness? Will you die flamboyant, partying? Or forgiven, praising God for his mercy and his love? I believe with another man from Schlitzer, who was like most uh, who live in this part of the world, and his name is Abner. You'll find him in 2 Samuel 3, verses 33 34. Abner's funeral was different than many funerals. It was attended by the army of Judah. That was Judah and Benjamin under David. And it was attended by the army of Israel, the ten tribes. Two opposing armies attended Abner's funeral. And the people who were there were very important. David's mighty men would have been there. David the king himself officiated at the funeral of one who, one who had once been his enemy, but who had just formed an allegiance with him, with the intention of uniting all Israel together under David's rule. These things are commonly said at funerals. We call them eulogies, <coughs> even in those days. I want you to listen to David's sermon text, because Abner didn't die a forsaken man, and Abner didn't die a flamboyant man. He didn't die a forgiven man, but Abner died David says in verse 33 of 2 Samuel chapter 3, Abner dies as a fool dies. In chapter 3 and verse 18, it says, The Lord has spoken of David, saying, By the hand of my servant David, I will save my people Israel from the hand of the Philistines and the hand of all their enemies. Abner quoted this. Abner knew God's man, but he never acknowledged the man's God. He knew God's word, and he knew about God's man. And ask a question, is that you tonight? Do you know about God's word, and do you know about God's man, the Lord Jesus Christ? You've heard it all. You can maybe preach the gospel yourself. You know who Christ is, you know what he's done for the world, and you know what he could do for you if you're going to let him in. You have all this knowledge. And yet you're not saved. That makes you tonight like Abner. 
erfüllen. Aber nur dein erfülle ich mal. Ich dann erfülle ich mal, weil ich mir drei Mistakes want to show them. First of all, he didn't remember his deeds. Abner was a commander of the Israelite army. That was the ten tribes. And he forgot that he had committed some atrocities in the past. You see, we often forget about our past. Everyone has a past. Everyone has committed deeds that they're not proud of. And these things, you call them sins, need to be dealt with God's way. Sin needs to be confessed to God before it can be forgiven. In the Bible it says that God requires that which is past. We need to remember our past. There's a day coming when we also give the account of those things done in the body to the Lord, whether they're good or evil. The Bible says, deal with your sin or your sin will deal with you. In Numbers 32 and 23 it says, behold your sins will find you out. Romans 6 and 23 it says, the wages of sin is death. Your sin will take you out. Revelation 21 and 27 says, there shall by no means enter into heaven anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. In other words, your sin will keep you out. Keep you out of heaven. One sin keeps you out of heaven. Abner's deeds caught up with him. For he slew the young brother of Joab in battle. In a battle, it was much for, more for sport than it was necess for necessity. It happened in chapter 2. Abner and Joab, the two generals of the opposing armies, agreed to have 12 of their young men Uh, stand before them, before the pool of Gibeon, and actually fight one another. And the armies would sit and they would watch this. And these men went to one another and they killed one another. All 24 were, were dead. A fierce battle broke out and Abner and his army coming off the worst, Abner fled on horseback. But Ashiel, who was Joab's young brother, who was a tremendous runner, He chased after Abner, seeking to kill Abner and claim his armor. And Abner tried to persuade him to turn aside. He told him to go after one of the young Israelites and take his armor as spoil. But Ashiel wouldn't listen. And he continued to pursue Abner. And Abner just ran him through with the back end of his spear as Ashiel ran after him. And Ashiel died. Since then, Joab, Ashiel's brother, had been on Abner's trail to avenge his brother's death. But Abner, at this point, forgot his past. Don't forget your past. Don't brush it under the carpet. Go to God and ask him for forgiveness, for a clean slate, for a brand new life. Not a brand new start in life, but a brand new life to start. When God forgives and saves someone, they become a new creature. The scripture tells us that all things have passed away and all things become new. Abner did not remember his deeds. But then secondly, Abner didn't realize his danger. In chapter 3, verse 21, Abner said to David, I will arise and go, and will gather all Israel to my Lord the King, that they may make a league with thee, And that thou might reign over all thine heart desires. Well, Joab got to hear about this visitation from Abner. He heard that Abner had come to David and was about to make a covenant with David to 
serve him with his whole army and unite Israel and Joab, the scripture tells us, was angry. He said to David, don't you know Abner has come to deceive you? I know your movements. Well, Joab left David and secretly sent men after Abner to bring him back to Hebron. And he returned with him. Death was staring Abner in the face, but he didn't realize it. It says in chapter 3, verse 27, when Abner returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him privately, and there he stabbed him in the side, so that he died for the blood of Ashiel, his brother. You can see the subtlety of Joab. He drew Abner away from the city Hebron. Why did he do this? Well, the reason he did it was because Hebron was a city of refuge, where one could flee to be safe from the avenger of the blood. Six cities were provided by the Lord God for anyone who kills without murder, in other words, manslaughter, accidentally, or in a war. There were these six cities that they could flee to from the wrath of the brethren of the one that was slain. Three of the cities were on the east bank of the Jordan, Golan, Ramoth, and Bosar, and three were on the west bank, Kadesh, Shechem, and Hebron. Abner was at Hebron. He was at a city of refuge. He was just a few feet from salvation when he was slain. Just a few feet from the gate of the city when he died. He was deceived by the avenger of blood. Friend, if you're in a meeting tonight and you're not seeing it, you're listening online. I want to ask you, how close or how far would you say you are tonight from the kingdom of God? How close have you come to entering into a relationship with God? For God is our refuge. Just as Hebron was a refuge for Adam. God is our refuge, a very present help in a time of need. You can have that salvation tonight by accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. Don't be deceived by the accuser of the brother. Abner didn't realize his danger. Do you realize your danger tonight? But then he didn't reckon on dying. Abner had his whole life ahead of him. He was beginning a new career, a general in the new army, the confined forces of Israel and Judah. And then maybe afterwards he thought he could settle down, hang up a sword and grow old gracefully. But for now he was about to enjoy this new position in this new army. Maybe that's how it is for you tonight. Maybe you're going to enjoy life, you think. Dying's not on your agenda. Well, listen, the Bible says very clearly, boast not thyself of tomorrow. For who can tell what a day may bring forth? No one knows what lies around the corner. Life can change in a heartbeat. I have seen things happen in families where they've been planning holidays, they've been planning all sorts of things, and death comes. And it's not always for the elderly. And all of their plans change. Those things that seem to be so important no longer were important. We don't know what they might bring forth. Abner didn't need to die. He could have chosen life, but God had made provision for him. There was a city of refuge. 
And that city of refuge was for people that came. What about you tonight? Will you die as a fool dies? God has provided for people like you and me. Sinners were called. Refuge. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but God is, has a refuge and is found in Christ. For on that cross, the Lord Jesus Christ died for you. He paid a debt that he didn't owe because you owe a debt that you can never pay. He died the righteous one for the unrighteous one that he may bring us to God. Christ was forsaken by all. Bruised and shamed, he was crowned with thorns and he was smitten by God. He bore the punishment for sins that were not his own. He hung in the darkness in three hours and suffered the wrath of God to put away sin, to defeat sin, that you might be saved, that you might be saved for time and for eternity. He laid his life down for you as an offering for sin. And God raised him the third day from the dead, proving that that offering was accepted. That's what the resurrection was about. God raised Jesus from the dead because that sacrifice was a perfect sacrifice. That work that he did on the cross was a finished work. Nothing more needed to be added. God raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand. You know, you need to do something. You need to remember your deeds for your sin will keep you out of heaven. And on the grounds of that finished work of Christ, you can ask God to forgive you for all your sins. You need to realize your danger. Eternity is at stake. It's heaven or it's hell. There is no other alternative. And only the forgiven can enter heaven. The Bible says in Revelation, it's the nations of those who are saved shall walk in the land. And you need to reckon on dying. Dying to self, dying to your sinful lifestyle and becoming alive in Christ. Born again by the Holy Spirit of God. Christ coming and living in you by his Spirit. And you need to repent. Because that's where it begins. To repent. The word repent is the word metanoise. Meta means to change. And noise means your mind. You need to change your mind about things. You need to change your mind about your worldview. You need to change your mind about the life that you're living. Change of mind is the beginning of repentance. Someone said once, as a man thinks, so he is. And you need to turn around because repentance is also a 180 degrees turnaround. You need to turn away from your sin and turn towards God. But if you ask, God will help you to do that. He will help you repent and follow him. So why don't you give him your life and serve him from this day forth? As King David said about Abner, don't let it be said about you someday. Your hands were not bound, nor your feet put into fetters. But as a man falls before wicked men, so you fell. Abner had the opportunity to be safe. He had an opportunity to find refuge, but he neglected to take it. And Abner died as a fool dies. My old grandfather, I mentioned him this morning, I don't very often talk about him, but my old grandfather was a wild man. 
He loved the world. He spent far too much time in the old pubs. There wasn't the clubs, nightclubs in those days. He spent his time in a bar called Paddy Mills Harbour Bar, Carrie Ferris. He gave a reputation as a hard man. Fought on the streets with his fists. Heard of four men standing in front of him one at a time. Coming. Not them all to the side. He knew how to fight. He could handle himself. He was also a builder. He drank himself out of a builder's yard and became a drunk. He knew the gospel. He believed in God. But he had no time for God. At 67, after having an operation that removed a huge part of his insides, my aunt and uncle, who were Christians, took him to the Coleman's Mission in Belfast, where a fiery preacher preached the gospel, preached about sin and repentance and hell. And my old granddad bowed his heart before God and gave his life that was left of it to the Lord. He got into the car and they were driving home from Belfast to Carrick Fergus. And my uncle said that as they were driving home, no one said anything. My grandfather was deep in thought. And after a bit of the journey, he said, all he kept saying was, I must have been a queer I must have been a queer Over and over and over again. I must have been a queer He died two years later at 69. Absolutely changed man. I can remember him standing with his skull hat on and his waistcoat on, shirt and a collar. He never wore a collar, he had one of those shirts that he had a good collar on. Standing, looking good, looking healthy actually. A smile on his face, his teeth in. Changed man. A man who for two years was so thankful to the Lord for saving. Don't he used to say to me, and I think it's not very practical, but he used to say to me, I'm a happy to sleep the streets in heaven. Amen. Listen, don't die as Abner died. Don't die of faith. If you know the gospel, if you know what Christ did for you, if you understand even maybe some of his scriptures, if the church is taken home, God will send you strong delusion. And you will believe the lie. And all that knowledge that you have will go. And you will take the mark. And you will become one of the walking dead. With no opportunity for salvation. So tonight, if God has been speaking to your heart over the last number of days, or even then, don't go home. Wait behind me. Come and talk to us. Talk to the elder. Talk to some of the deacons. That has led you to Christ. That has led you to that place of refuge in God's only Son. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for the truth of it. We thank you, Father, for the reality that we find within those pages. And we thank you for the warnings that you give us through it. 
And Father, we pray tonight for anyone who's listening in or anyone who's here who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, who's in danger of losing their own souls. Lord, that you would speak to their hearts tonight. That you would convince them of the right way to come to Christ. Accept him as Lord and Savior. And enjoy him forever. Bless us, Lord, as we continue in your presence. In Jesus' name. Amen.